0: One of my favorite stories is a story called Gilead. It's about a pastor from Iowa named John Ames, who's actually the narrator. And the whole story is John writing a memoir of sorts for his young son, and he's reflecting on his life and and everything he's experienced, all the good and the bad. But the thing that stands out to me about John Ames and his perspective is just how attentive he is to all the gifts and blessings that he's experienced in his life, even in the smallest of things, the things that most of us wouldn't even notice or, or would just take for granted. And at one point near the end, he says something that captures his perspective on the world. He says that wherever you turn your eyes, the world can shine like transfiguration. You don't have to bring a thing to it except a little willingness to see. Only who could have the courage to see it? I think that you could say the same thing about the gifts of life. Wherever you turn your eyes, the world around you is overflowing with the gifts of God, and you don't have to bring a thing to it except a little willingness to see. The problem is that we often don't see We often fail to see the gifts of God that surround us, which is why, in the general thanksgiving, the first response to the gifts that we receive is simply to be aware of them, simply to see them. That's the first petition of the prayer. And we pray, Give us such an awareness of your mercies. In other words, grant us the ability to see, to see your innumerable gifts which implies that more often than not, we fail to do just that, that more often than not, we respond to the gifts we're given, not with wonder or thanksgiving, but with ingratitude. And that's a terrible thing. The ancient Roman poet, Alsonius, said that there is nothing more detestable on earth than an ungrateful man. William Shakespeare often spoke of ingratitude in his plays and he frequently described it with adjectives like monstrous, hideous, and grotesque. The Scottish philosopher David Hume once said that of all the crimes that human creatures are capable of committing, the most horrid and unnatural is ingratitude. And they were just referring to the ingratitude that one person can show another. They weren't even talking about the ingratitude that we show to God. Ignatius of Loyola, however, did talk about this form of ingratitude. And he said that in in the light of the goodness of God, in the light of his many gifts, ingratitude should be regarded as the most abominable of sins and should be detested by all who have been created to enjoy his glory. When we say the Lord's Prayer, we ask first and foremost that God's name might be hallowed. But ingratitude is the opposite of that. Because ingratitude, Ignatius says, is a forgetting of the graces, benefits, and blessings we have received. And as such, it is the cause, beginning, and origin of all sins and misfortunes. But where does this ingratitude come from? And what can we do about it? Robert Emmons is someone that I've already mentioned before in this study. He's a psychologist that studies the relationship between gratitude, thanksgiving, and well-being. And in one of his books, he talks about several different causes of ingratitude that I think are very insightful. First, he says that sometimes ingratitude can arise... From what psychologists often refer to as negativity bias, which is our tendency to to ignore gifts and blessings in our life and to focus instead on the things which cause us to complain and to feel resentful. If you want an example, look no further than the attitude of the people of Israel in the wilderness. The book of Numbers, which tells the story of Israel's time from Sinai in the wilderness, sometimes Numbers seems like little more than one crisis of grumbling and complaining after another. Uh, Keep in mind that at this point, God had already liberated his people from slavery in Egypt. He had brought them safely through the Red Sea. He had already given them food and drink in the wilderness. He had made a covenant with them at Sinai, and now he is feeding them daily with this miraculous provision of manna on the ground every morning. And how do they respond? They find something to complain about. In chapter 11, instead of thanking God for his daily provision of food, they grumble and they complain that they're not getting enough meat. In chapter 12, instead of thanking God for the gift of his own guidance and Moses' leadership, Aaron and Miriam complain that they're not getting as much attention as Moses is. And then in chapter 13, when they arrive at the border of the land God has promised them, and they send in spies, and they receive a report back all about the beauty and the richness of the country, do they give thanks? Do they rejoice in the gift that God is giving them? No. They focus on the fact that the inhabitants of the land are strong, and they start to doubt that God will be true to his word, and they reject the gift. The Israelites are ungrateful because they focus on the negative. That's a common cause of ingratitude, according to Robert Emmons, negativity bias. But Iman says that's only one among multiple causes. Another common cause occurs when we fail to acknowledge our dependency on the kindness of others. And instead, we attribute our success to our own hard work. This is something that Moses explicitly warns the Israelites against in Deuteronomy chapter 8 right before they go into the promised land. He warns them not to forget that their prosperity is a gift. Beware, he says, lest you say in your heart, my power in the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. But the Israelites, they're not the only ones who tend to attribute their success to themselves. Maybe the most striking example of this in the Bible comes in the story of the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar is warned in a dream that he will soon be judged by God and that he will be forced to live like an animal for a period of seven years until he learns that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. But Nebuchadnezzar does not listen to the warning of this dream. And a year later, as he's walking on the roof of his palace and he's overlooking the city, he says to himself, is not this great Babylon which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? Now, it's a ridiculous statement, since most of Babylon was built long before Nebuchadnezzar became king, and even the building projects that he embarked on were the work of slave labor, not Nebuchadnezzar in his own strength. But It just goes to show how ungrateful a person can be when he allows himself to believe that all of the goods in his life are the result of his own hard work. Nebuchadnezzar is completely unaware of the mercies of God. And and God does indeed make him live like an animal for seven years until he finally learns to see who is actually responsible for the blessings of his life. And sometimes we do the same thing. We don't see the gifts and mercies of God for what they are. We live unaware of them because we deceive ourselves into believing the myth of our own self-reliance. We don't see our dependency on the kindness of God and the kindness of other people. But it's not just self-reliance, and it's not just negativity bias. Sometimes, Robert Emmons says, sometimes ingratitude is simply the product of the busy pace of our lives. Gratitude, he says, requires taking time out to reflect on one's blessings. As daily life is increasingly frantic, frazzled, and fragmented, gratitude can be crowded out. The first response to the gifts of God is simply awareness. Give us such an awareness of your mercies. Unfortunately, we often go about our days unaware and ungrateful. Maybe it's because instead of focusing on the blessings we've received, we focus on things to complain about. Or maybe it's because we're just inattentive to the ways that we depend on the kindness of others. Or maybe it's because we're just busy and distracted and don't take the time to stop and reflect on the blessings around us, and gratitude just gets crowded out. For one reason or another, we often live ungrateful lives. So what do we do about it? Robert Emmons has a number of practical suggestions in his book. For instance, he says that one of the best ways to begin is by keeping a daily gratitude journal, taking time every day to reflect on and to write down gifts that we've received. Visual reminders can also be very helpful, he says. Consider hanging framed quotes or scripture verses that remind you to give thanks, and then putting them in places you'll tend to look on a daily basis, or, or maybe use post-it notes as reminders or alerts on your phone. The point is, Gratitude takes time, and it takes intentionality. We naturally tend toward forgetfulness and ingratitude. So we have to be purposeful if we're going to remember and give thanks. And if you read books like Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, you'll notice that this is exactly what God does with his people. God actually implemented specific Feasts and festivals and celebrations throughout the, the year. And he told the Israelites to observe them because, in doing so, they would be forced to take time and to reflect again, to remember what God had done for them, to not forget his mercies. It's one of the main reasons that we as Christians have similar seasons and holidays throughout our year that we observe Advent and Christmas and Easter, and Pentecost, and so forth, it's not because these are the only times during the year that we reflect on the gift of Christ's birth or resurrection or the gift of the Spirit. It's because we know that we're forgetful people. And then unless we intentionally set aside times of the year to purposefully remember these mercies, then we'll just tend to forget about them and go about our lives. Interestingly, another one of the practices that Robert Emmons suggests for cultivating gratitude is actually memorizing and repeating prayers of gratitude. Now, he doesn't actually mention the general thanksgiving as an example, but it's exactly the sort of thing that he has in mind. And it's the reason that we say this prayer so often. Jeremy Taylor who was a a 17th century Anglican divine, he once gave this advice, pray frequently and effectually. I had rather your prayer should be often than long. That's one of the wonderful benefits of the general thanksgiving. It's a prayer that's memorable and concise, short enough that you can remember it and pray it frequently. Because that's what forgetful people need Not to pray every once in a while, but to pray often, daily, multiple times a day. And in so doing, to be reminded that we are the recipients of many gifts and of profound blessings that we have not earned, but which have been bestowed on us nevertheless. Finally, and maybe most importantly, We need to recognize that even this simple act of response, even this simple awareness of God's mercies, even that is a gift. Because did you notice that it's mentioned in the prayer, it's mentioned in the form of a petition. It's framed as a request. Give us an awareness of your mercies. That's something that St. Augustine understood very well. When he looked back on his life as an adult, he was acutely aware of just how much he had been in his earlier years, how much he had been an unknowing recipient of the gifts of God. And that, that awareness of God's mercies led him to love and praise God as he was thinking back on his life. But the more he thought about it, the more he came to recognize that even that awareness, that that itself was a gift. And so, Augustine would regularly petition and ask God to give him the gift of seeing mercies that he failed to see. As he puts it in one such prayer, allow my soul to give you glory that it may love you the more and let it confess to you your own merciful dealings that it may give you glory. Do you want to be aware of the mercies of God? Do you want to have the courage to see how the world around you is saturated with the goodness and the gifts of God? Do you want to no longer be forgetful or blind to the blessings you've received? then ask God to open your eyes, petition him, and we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies.